0: And I swear like the shadow that's by your side. I see the questions in. To the social minute the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute today we're going to be covering minute number 40 which goes from 39 to thirty nine fifty nine on the clock uh divya narendra attempts to exit the dining hall where he has been reluctantly listening to some acapella uh he takes his girlfriend's uh laptop who points out to him that is not your laptop and so he leaves the laptop behind and then kind of... I, I love that moment. It's such a silly thing, but I still kind of love it. Uh, and then he kind of grabs his coat and then he kind of, like, falls over. And then he he gets out of the dining hall as quickly as he can. Uh, we get a nice little shot of the Charles, which, of course, uh, with it being February, is frozen. Um, and as, you know, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg running across campus, we now, <laughs> we now get Tivia running across campus and finally arriving at the boathouse. Uh, where he breaks the news to the, uh, to the twins uh, that Mark Zuckerberg has stolen their website. Um, and then we cut back to uh, Cameron and Tyler's dorm, and we see them uh, reading, I think, a paper copy of The Crimson. Uh, although you can, as with previous uh, episodes where I've talked about the Crimson articles, you can find this Crimson article online still. Uh, and it is pretty much word for word, where um, Tyler... Um, who, you know, is the hothead of the two, uh, is reading, (laughs) welcome to the Facebook. The Facebook is an online directory that connects people through different social networks. And then he does this wonderful point, uh, as if to say, this is it, this is the thing he stole. Uh, You must have a Harvard EDU address uh, to register. Uh, I think we missed the last couple of words from that at the end of the minute. Uh, But pretty much, you know, that is is the, the kind of the end of the scene. Um, and the end of this week's minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and joining me to talk about today uh, for the final time is Scott Corelli. Hello, Scott. Hello. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, I I like the um, you know the enthusiasm of Divya uh, trying to exit, uh, taking somebody else's <laughs> laptop, and then realizing you know it's it's not his laptop. Uh, I also kind of like that that uh, Casey is like you know what's wrong, and Divya just kind of goes it's fine. Just as he's trying to like get out of there, uh, making, you know, like a big kind of uh, a big noise. I feel like this is something that Sorkin's done a few times where people who are meant to be kind of like composed try to exit a scene and they end up causing like, you know, more noise than if they did just calmly left instead of, you know, trying to exit quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of get this kind of this calamity as Divya tries to leave. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, obviously Divya kind of like running across, uh, you know, the, the bridge to get to the uh to the boathouse uh i think is a nice touch because obviously i think it's meant to be the same bridge that we we were first introduced uh to the twins as they were rowing underneath it mm-hmm. uh you know in the first scene that we saw them but obviously that was in the morning and this is at night um obviously when we first met uh cameron and tyler they told us you know why they didn't see face mash and that's because you know they've got like all this rowing to do um and so it's nice to see them you know actually doing the rowing obviously we've seen them in the water but you know this is this is kind of the stuff that you know you don't normally see with with athletes kind of like the you know the behind the scenes um you know everyone kind of sees like the races and the you know like that kind of stuff so it's nice to see them here in in the boathouse uh just kind of you know doing the rowing uh or you know some wonderful physical work as well from uh, from the army's hammer um you know <laughs> I, like i i think i think the great thing about army hammer in this film is uh, I've said this before, but he kind of distinguishes the difference between Cameron and Tyler by the way that they they kind of hold themselves. Mm-hmm. So Cameron is kind of the more laid back one and Tyler is the one who is always kind of itching for a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously something I can talk about a lot more next week where we finally get some of the great kind of lines from Tyler when <laughs> when he points out how tall he is and how many of the, there are of him. Um, and so here it's nice to just see... Um, also, kind of how low tech this this kind of like uh, you know this this boathouse is. You know, it's not like um, uh, you know, it's not like fancy rowing machines or anything. This is you know, literally like you know, a boat suspended in water on the spot that so they can just kind of practice the rowing. Um, so I think that's a nice touch as well. Like it really adds to it that it it feels like a proper location. You know, it feels kind of lived in. You know, it feels like people have been kind of you know sweating in here um you know that's kind of the you get you kind of the physicality of this of this particular space which i I kind of really like it's a it's a nice touch because they could have gone to like a nice gym and had them on rowing machines and i don't think it would have felt the same Mm -hmm. um You know, and also we do get kind of Divya having to really yell to get their attention, Mm -hmm. which again, I kind of like how how later on in the film, we'll see how kind of, you know, how kind of coders are kind of locked into what they're doing. And I think it's kind of interesting. There's a little counterpoint here to how kind of locked in they are to like rowing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, I kind of I kind of like, you know, that. That Divya kind of spills it out to them and says you know Mark Zuckerberg stole our website it's been live for more than 36 hours <laughs> like uh, that's how that's how quickly you know the the email list worked you know it took 36 hours for for like nine people to spam Divya's girlfriend right um so i i kind of like that we get a kind of timeline on how quickly uh this the, you know this thing expanded and then obviously once we get to read the crimson article we'll see how fast um this has already gone you know in 36 hours um, you know he's already got 650 students, and he's he's anticipating he have another 900. You know that'd be up to 900 by the morning. So it's you know it, I I I just kind of love that. I love how like instantly um, you know it worked. Obviously those numbers are in are in next week's minutes, but still you know like we we've got a, a you know an inkling of how quickly and how successful the Facebook is. You know basically pretty much everyone at Harvard you know has joined it mm-hmm. uh, not least because obviously they're getting spammed by people from many different angles um and of course when casey talked about you know cats that look like hitler uh you know these days on facebook you know i'm you can easily be spammed with like cat videos or cats that do look like hitler so it's kind of come full circle um uh, you know to kind of years later yeah um but yeah so i mean i i like that you know the first thing that um you know that kind of Cameron and Tyler do once they once they kind of get back uh, into their dorm is call their father's lawyer, <laughs> and, and I I love how that kind of just that kind of detail. You know when we come into the room and and you know um you know Cameron you know he says you know Ty the lawyers on the phone with Dad like and then he's kind of saying I'm here with my brother Tyler and our business partner Divya like that little setup, it's like, oh yeah, of course, you know, of course their father has a lawyer that they can kind of run to at the first sign of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of like that little detail, kind of setting things up uh, at the start of the scene. And of course, you know, the fact that they mention you must have a Harvard EDU address to register immediately, you know, the kind of, if you were thinking, maybe you know, as not this an innocent, innocent mistake? Maybe Mark Zuckerberg accidentally created a website that resembled what they were kind of proposing. Uh, I feel with that line it kind of makes it clear that it wasn't that innocent. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice, it's a nice little detail, uh, particularly as you know, that's what the crimson article actually said. So, <laughs> so it's not like Mark Zuckerberg hid it. Like he put it out there in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of campus newspaper. Yeah. You've got to have a Harvard address to register.
1: Yeah. But I, I think that it was always Mark's intention to have the beta version of the website be contained on the Harvard campus before eventually expanding it. Whereas like, it wasn't wasn't the deal with the Winklevoss twins they just wanted it to be a Harvard thing because they only wanted Harvard girls to date Harvard guys and Harvard guys to date Harvard girls and that's it yeah yeah
0: that seems to be the implication when they pitched their website right and obviously when when Mark dismisses it in the deposition he says match.com for you know for Harvard right right like you know so it was it was always very narrowly focused right. Uh, and and i got to be honest with you i can't see how they were going to expand out and keep that exclusivity like it didn't make any sense those two things aren't compatible right right um, and i and i think so, i think
1: mark yeah. knew that and i think that but I but I also think that he needs a pool to start with, and this is a good way of 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 uh beginning that pool. And then, you know, eventually expanding it to the other Ivy League schools and then colleges in general, uh, before finally opening it to the public. Um so like that's that's a really good way of keeping it, your beta contained into a certain pool and being able to figure out what it can handle. Um and so yeah. I don't I don't think that because I don't think he had he had any intention of keeping
0: it at Harvard.
1: I so I don't I don't think that that is proof of anything.
0: I think more the film kind of seems to imply that because that's what they had said to him earlier. Mm -hmm. That's the line. That's the line where Tyler kind of points at Divya and 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 Cameron as if to say, look, this is it. We've caught. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think I don't
1: think the movie is saying that. I think the Winklevoss twins are saying that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's giving them, uh, uh, fuel for their fire, but I don't think, I think the movie is suggesting that he's like, oh, that's a good, that's a good idea for a place to start, you know? Um, and, yeah. and, and so he did steal the idea as far as like, oh yeah, that is a good idea. Like to start your website with just Harvard people. Um, but then eventually expanding it to other people. Uh, cause yeah.
0: And in all fairness to Mark Zuckerberg, FaceMash was just for harvard right you know like it was only sent to other harvard students like the link was only live for other harvard students it was on the harvard network like you couldn't you know if you'd have been a stranger searching for face mash in the middle of the night for some reason you couldn't have got onto that website because it was already contained so you could argue that he'd already had this idea for a website that was contained within harvard right um you know, and the idea of expansion probably wasn't something that was on his mind when he kind of was effectively beta testing it right. with with Harvard, you know, addresses. Right. Um, but I think it's just interesting that you know, the, the like obviously the Crimson is not just a newspaper for people at Harvard. It's you know, so th- that line of you must have a Harvard uh, edu address to register is probably for you know any of the neighboring colleges that happen to read it in the in in the Crimson. And it's just kind of making it clear, look, you you know, you can't get onto this website right. <laughs> because if someone sends you the link, you still need a an EDU, you know, that's at Harvard f- for you to be able to get on right. there. So, you know, it's almost like a warning. But the way that it's played in the film with the, with the way that the Winklevoss twins see it is this is it. This is, you know, we, we said these words to him mm-hmm. and now he's put them in the crimson. And, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that almost kinda of sets them off. Right. Uh, right. Particularly I just love Army Hammer's kinda of like you know, he's kind of his kind of point as if to accuse Mark Zuckerberg yes. on that particular line. Yeah. It's kinda of, it's it's like a, a fun little detail. Yeah. Uh, particularly as Cameron is kind of calmly like you know, I'm I'm on the phone with the lawyer. You know, right. like, and, like he's the one who's been who's kind of handling the you know the important part of it because I think between the three of them they know that if if it was Tyler it's just going to end up going off the rails way too quickly. Right. Whereas as we'll see next week, Cameron is very calm and kind kind of can lay things out. Um, and I don't know, there's a couple of lines next week that always make me laugh just the way that Army Hammer delivers them mm-hmm. as Cameron, while you know Tyler and Divya kind of get more and more heated while this thing goes on. Um, but yeah it's funny as well because obviously if you know if uh, if Mark Zuckerberg did want to kind of like hide it from the Winklevoss twins and Divya Narendra then maybe he would have set something up where if they tried to register they wouldn't be able to get on there right. but like there's no evidence that he ever did that it was just you just need a harvard.edu right. and he knows that all three of them have got those addresses right. because they had that conversation right. you know there might be something nefarious going on but I think that's just from the you know the way the film plays it is it's just in the Winklevoss twins eyes that they're like We've caught him doing something that, you know, we discussed, you know, that was in emails back and forth and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and of course the fact that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's in two depositions, I think also kind of colors your view as a viewer to be like, well, he must've done something wrong because, <laughs> because they're suing him and, you know, and, and obviously Mark is not setting himself up as a kind of sympathetic character in those depositions. Either. Right. So as a viewer, by this point, you know, although in, in the timeline, obviously they haven't sued him yet you know as a viewer you kind of know where it's going uh, but at the same time you're like the kind of the way that it's it's kind of put together it's like well you know they said you know harvard edu addresses and then here is harvard edu addresses coming back and so you could kind of join the dots and like the winklevoss twins get very excited that maybe you can sue this guy uh, or try to stop him in in some kind of way from you know advancing uh, but i think at this point you know the The horse as has bolted, and there is there is no point kind of closing the stable door, um, you know. And it, it's it's kind of funny that you know the the again like the the way that the, the the Winklevoss twins think is you know if we talk to our father's lawyer, then that will solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know from Mark Zuckerberg's point of view, he's not going to listen to anybody like <laughs> like even his closest friends. He's not really going to listen to them. He's just going to use them to get you know his website out and kind of you know beta tested by the entire harvard campus right um and again like i think that also works as a contrast to the way that facemash happened which is you know he just put this website together he sent it to a bunch of people they sent it to other people the entire campus as we saw was sitting there saying left or right on computer screens and that kind of exploded but the problem is, um, you know, the, the the fact that the network couldn't handle the traffic was the issue, and so he's already got himself like a server that will handle the traffic. So it's cl- it's clear that he he does think that this will be successful, but he know, you know, everyone knows that like the server that he's bought is not going to handle. You know, a million members is it right you know, it's just going to be big enough to kind of test it to the point where he feels he can you know expand it out and maybe get a bigger server and you know so you know you can see it both ways you know it, it it could be a little bit nefarious or it could just be you know a kid coming up with a website yeah. and just testing it in the most immediate way that he knows which is to use his friend's email list right. to send it to a bunch it's, of it's people. A,
1: it's a practical reason. And like, even, uh, even making that announcement in the Crimson is a practical thing because what he's doing is uh, establishing exclusivity so that people are like, oh, this is interesting. I want to do this. Oh, wait, I don't go to Harvard, so I can't. Now I want it even more. you know, And... And it's 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 you know, it's sort of amping up that uh, uh, that exclusivity so that it's like the club that people can't get into and they want to be into it. And he knows that and he's establishing that so that when Facebook in the future down the timeline goes live for everyone, he knows that he'll immediately go from, uh, let's say, 20 million people to 200 million people or a billion people um as quickly as possible
0: yeah yeah um and i i think the thing is as well uh like the uh the crimson story which is titled hundreds register for new facebook website uh we, i find it interesting it's calling it a new facebook website because obviously <laughs> you know uh, it's, it's referring to, you know, the actual book of faces uh, that people would would have, uh, you know, at colleges for different dorms. So they knew who people were. Um, and this is written by uh, Alan J. Tabak. Uh, and the story came out on the 9th of February 2004. We'd already heard that the, the website was registered on the 4th of February 2004. Um, And, you know, it does say, you know, Mark E. Zuckerberg, 06, as is the tradition in the Crimson, everyone is referred to by their year of graduation, grew impatient with the creation of an official Universal Harvard Facebook, he decided to take matters into his own hands, which I think is a wonderful way of putting it. And it says, after about a week of coding... Zuckerberg launched the Facebook.com last Wednesday afternoon. The website combines elements of a standard house Facebook with extensive profile features that allow students to search for others in their courses, social organizations and houses. Um, and of course, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's quote is uh, everyone's been talking a lot about universal Facebook within Harvard and it's kind of silly that it would take the university a couple of years to get around to it. I can do it better than they can and I can do it in a week. <laughs> uh, which uh, I think that is quoted. Uh, that's quoted uh, next week in one of the minutes. Um, and of course, uh, the man who you know uh, kind of had to kind of deal with the crash on the network, uh, director of residential computing Kevin S. Davis '98, uh, said that the creation of a Harvard Facebook was not as far off as Zuckerberg predicted. Uh, the, there is a project internally with computer services to create a Facebook. We've been in touch with undergraduate council, and this is a very high priority for the college. We have every intention of completing the Facebook by the end of the spring semester. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's funny because I'm going to guess that that never happened. I'm going to guess that Facebook is so big that basically Harvard probably didn't even bother implementing that website. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, like, the, the whole thing just kind of, you know, happened. Um, and we have a quote from a Lisa H. Uh, Feigenbaum, 04. Uh, she said she joined the Facebook.com because it provided an open alternative to the password-protected house Facebooks. Uh, she says, if there was a situation where you needed to identify someone for an organization or meeting, it would be very helpful. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the, the, the reception to it was actually fairly positive. Um, and I think there's a certain level of irony because later on, uh, Mark Zuckerberg says, there are pretty intensive privacy options you can limit who can see your information uh, if you only want current students to see your information or people in your year, in your house, in your classes. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yes, uh, even, you know, literally days after he launched, he was talking about privacy. Um mm. uh, so yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I guess in that sense, privacy is just kind of limiting it to different friends lists, isn't it? It's not, it's not really privacy. It's just, uh, you know, kind of limiting where your posts are available to be seen, which is, you know, as we've all found out, it is not the same thing as correct privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I kind of I just kind of love the fact that we start off with kind of the pratfall from Divya. That's what I love. I love about this minute. It's just it's just how Max Minghella kind of does the whole thing of like taking the laptop, putting the laptop back, (laughs) grabbing his coat, like all of that kind of like physical stuff. It's not really needed. You don't need this kind of like physical comedy in this film. Uh, but I like that it conveys how desperate Divya is to kind of get out of there and get the news to the Winklevoss twins. And just like the kind of urgency of like forgetting his coat, grabbing his coat, knocking stuff over, like just like all of that it's it's kind of it like i said it mirrors the fact that mark zuckerberg like basically kind of woke up and ran out of his computer lab and all the way back to kirkland you know just this kind of the urgency of like something has happened you know to do with facebook and that is the thing that kind of gets people running in this film is is is, is kind of stuff to do with the website yeah um, so i think that's kind of a nice touch uh, and like i said i love the kind of the boathouse it's, it's you know it's a nice kind of it's a nice kind of touch to have it in this kind of location um, and also it kind of shows that You know, at Facebook, you know, even if you're, like, a world-class athlete, you just get stuck in some kind of, like, ratty old shed, like, to do your kind of training. Like, they don't really treat athletes kind of, like, as anything special. Uh, You know, like, it's not that Harvard is kind of known for its athletic prowess. So I think it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, you got here on a scholarship for being athletic, but we're not spending money on like a fancy kind of like, you know, boat facility or anything. You just basically get some old shed where we've thrown a boat in there and you just row until you can row no more, (laughs) Um, you know? So I, I kind of, I kind of like that there's a little implication that like, yeah, Harvard will take you on a scholarship for, you know, your athleticism, but we're not going to, we're not going to go the extra mile for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you just, you just get what we've got here. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I like I, I again. This is kind of a you know. I I like I like the kind of physical comedy from Max Minghella, uh, but also again like I I really enjoy like you know Army Hammer going to the trouble of distinguishing the two twins for us like almost instantly like you you know when we see Cameron sitting down kind of calmly on the phone. It's like, oh yeah, that's Cameron, and when Tyler's like walking backwards and forwards and pacing, like with the crimson in his hand, we kind of know that's Tyler because of like the anger. Yeah, um, you know, it's just a nice little touch that I think Army Hammer does really well throughout the film of like just distinguishing which twin we're looking at.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ar- Army Hammer is, uh, I-, I think, uh, one of our most underrated actors currently because I think, I think he needs to get a better agent because he keeps getting put into. <laughs> uh, into until very recently was, was being put into movies that he had no business being in. Um, and, uh, I mean, least of all, and it's funny because I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the opposite, uh, at the end of this, but like, you know, it started with, uh, him being cast as Batman in justice league, uh, in, uh, George Miller's justice league, where he's like way too young at the time to be playing Batman, um, along with everyone else, which is why I think ultimately that movie, uh, got the backlash that it did and then fell apart because of tax incentive reasons. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it started there and then The Lone Ranger, of course, happened. Um, and uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. also another flop. And like, unfortunately, like he's great in The Lone Ranger. Man From U.N.C.L.E. is a great movie. Just nobody saw it. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, I I mean, I saw it at the cinema. I loved it. Yeah,
1: no, it's fantastic. It's an absolutely fantastic film and he's great. He's a he is a great actor, but it isn't until, I think, um, Call Me By Your Name that people started being like, oh, this guy is actually really good. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying that for years. He's great. It's it's He's just not... He's getting in movies that either aren't good or no one has saw or some combination of the two. And uh, But he's good in everything that he's been in, and now he's at the age where... I it literally, if they cast anyone else as Batman in Mike in Matt Reeves Batman, I'm gonna be very grumpy because he would be the perfect Batman uh like like yeah. just like the uh uh what it was that platonic ideal of Batman like he is he would be <laughs> absolutely perfect as both Bruce Wayne and uh uh Batman like. And that's and that's always been the problem. Is usually most actors are either good at one or the other, but not good at both. And he's the yes. one. He's like the first one that I feel like would embody the sort of um, the uh, the animated series Batman for the first time ever, where he is, he can be uh, very charming as as uh, mask Bruce Wayne, um, you know, rich playboy, uh, fake Bruce Wayne. Uh, he could be very intense. And Broody as, uh, as uh, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne in the Batcave, um, you know, talking to Alfred and everything. But then he could also very much be in a very intimidating presence as Batman um, while also not being so scary that uh, he wouldn't be appropriate for uh, children to look up to as a hero. You know, and, and that's, a, that's a very, like, careful balance and there has never been a Batman film that's gotten all of those things correct. And I think he would nail it. And I think casting anyone else as Batman would be a mistake. Because um, I think he would be <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I, I just think he's a great actor. I think he's great in everything. Uh, I just saw. Um, I, I just saw. Um,
0: I think I, oh. I will disagree with you with him being a great actor in everything on one particular film. And that is the film that he did straight after the social network. And I think. Is probably more of a disaster than the Lone Ranger ever was, and that of course was J. Edgar, uh, oh. which is literally unwatchable. <laughs> I've I've <laughs> like, I've never seen he, it. He, oh, I saw it at the cinema, and Army Hammer can't even save it. Like yeah. him and Leonardo DiCaprio, I do not know what they were trying to do. I don't no. know what Clint Eastwood was going for. The old man makeup looks awful. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, the whole thing is just like kind of disastrous. Clint, I think Clint Eastwood probably...
1: is a terrible director. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. He, he, he peaked is. with yeah. Unforgiven and Unforgiven was such a big hit that he was like, great, I guess I don't have to try anymore. And then he just never tried again. <laughs> he shows up, works his nine to five and goes home every single day. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's known as the one take wonder um, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So yeah, that's why actors love, (laughs) that's why actors love working with him because they get paid to be in a movie and they barely have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, because they do every scene once, maybe twice, and then they're done. Uh, and, and he's a terrible director. Absolutely
0: awful. (laughs) Yeah. The weirdest thing is like, uh, it kind of in the last, uh, I don't know, in the last kind of decade, um, you know, I ended up on this weird streak where I saw, um, uh, I, well, I think starting with like Changeling, I saw Changeling, Gran Torino, uh, J. Edgar, Trouble with the Curve, American Sniper. <laughs> like there's like a run of films that I saw of his each time kind of hoping that like, I don't know, maybe they would be good. And every single time I think I I mean, I, I liked a little bit of Changeling and uh, he didn't direct Trouble with the Curve, but, you know, he kind of dominates that film. Uh, but American Sniper mm-hmm. might be one of the most incompetent films I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's yes. not just like the Rubber Baby that suddenly has a starring role for one scene where two actors have yeah. to pretend like 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 literally yeah. nobody even tried. It was like here's literally a, yeah. like a doll that they bought for $5. Um it's just yeah. like some of the some of the stuff with like the shooting people is fine, but I don't know I don't know what that film is trying to tell you because you're like, "Oh yeah, this guy from a mile away shoots people in the head." Like yeah. I I mean Okay, like well done, like I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm meant to think that's good or bad. Like you know, Bradley Cooper does his yeah. best, but that film is just uh, a complete and total mess. But yeah, I will agree that Army Hammer in recent years, uh, this year alone, I think I've seen him seen him in Sorry to Bother You and on the basis of Sex, which is two kind of like mm-hmm. polar opposites in terms of the roles that he played in those films. Yeah. Uh, but he was I mean he was like super charming in On the Basis of Sex. Uh, you know, yes. had I been Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I definitely would have one hundred percent married him. <laughs> like, like yes. He, oh, like, yeah He's so charming in that film. It's like, and not yeah, but he's like, I feel like some films when they try to do stuff like they did with, with on the basis of sex, where it's like, you know, it's it's like the I don't know, like the fifties or whatever it is. But the people that we're following are, you know, more kind of like socially minded. Uh, sometimes it mm-hmm. feels like they're kind of people from today, kind of put in the wrong era, and it doesn't really work. Uh, But his character just felt, like, very kind of real and, like, you know, he supports his wife. He knows that his wife is going to be, like, a better jurist than him. And so he's, he's, like, you know, unashamedly – and the fact that, you know, she, like, completed his course load and her, you know, her own course load while he was sick. Like, he makes it clear that, like, he kind of owes everything to her and how great she is. And I think – you know, uh, like like in that film, he was just, like, it's just such a I mean, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, doesn't like Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a person. Like so I don't think there's much really that uh, that Felicity Jones had to do. But I think, you know, the kind of Army Hammer had the harder role because he has to kind of support this woman without looking like he's kind of condescending or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, I really enjoyed that film and I think his performance is kind of one of the highlights of, uh, of that Kathy Bates as well. Wonderful in that film. Absolutely.
1: I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I think, I think he's fantastic in that film. Um, and he's fantastic in most things. Uh, like, Pretty much, almost everything, and, <laughs> with the exception uh, of J. Edgar, I would say. <laughs> but like yeah, I said, which I haven't seen, so I no, can't speak don't, don't to. Don't say it. Everything, everything I, I no, I won't. It's it's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I won't. Um, I, everything that I've ever seen him in, I think he's been absolutely fantastic and uh, uh, p- played the role exactly the way that he should have. Even if the movie surrounding his performance isn't that great, yeah. Um, he is typically, uh, very, very, very good. Uh, and, uh, I, I, yeah, so I, I think he's great and I, I love him in this as, as both twins. I think he's great. And the subtlety that he puts into each individual character is, I, I mean, it's a big deal, I think. Uh, and I remember people making a big deal about it, but then his career not really taken off after this. Yeah. Um, or, or it had a few false starts after this. Um, but I, I think he's uh, I just think he's legitimately uh, fantastic. Yeah.
0: And I would say uh, I don't know if many Americans would have seen this film because uh, it was directed by Ben Wheatley. And for some reason, uh, Ben Wheatley films don't get. Oh, Free Fire. Yeah, Free Fire. Free Fire? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's yeah. great in that as well, because uh, like, yeah. like he I, I, th- I mean, that film is just packed with like talented people from top to bottom. Um, but I think yes. Army Hammer kind of plays this this kind of like very charming person. And like a lot of people aren't kind of buying into his charm and I think it's quite funny to have uh, you know like Killian uh, Murphy and Bree Larson just being like you know you could keep trying to charm us, but we really aren't buying it and uh, you know I kind of I, I love I love that kind of he puts you know uh, Army Hammer, like his performances. It's not like you can ever say any are really like there's no two that are kind of exactly the same. Um, you know I think he always kind of brings something slightly different to each role. Uh, and I, I yes. was kind of frustrated that Man From U.N.C.L.E. failed because I would have liked to have seen more films <laughs> with that cast. And, you know, yes. I, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if it maybe made like another 50 million or something, they maybe would have, you know, gone for like a second sequel just to yeah. see see if it, if it would have done something. And, uh, you know, I think he was just like that entire cast was, you know, wonderful. Um, but I I, yes. I I think you know it's uh, like I, I say
1: i also i would also go as far as to say it's guy richie's best movie uh that might be controversial but <laughs> i think it's i think it's his best film uh
0: yeah i don't i mean i am not like a huge fan of guy Ritchie's like extremely kind of like cockney stuff uh but i would i would i don't know i've maybe put snatch a little bit above um above man from uncle uh but i think that's just mostly sentimental reasons uh, you know, I just I sure. just really enjoyed seeing that film at the cinema. Uh, I also really enjoyed Rock and Roller, but I don't know that many people have even seen that. But if you look at the cast list of Rock and Roller <laughs> now, uh, it is insane the amount of people that are kind of like Gerard Butler, uh, you know, Mark Strong, Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, Toby Kebbell. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if you tried to get that cast together now, it'd be almost impossible due to kind of the level of, Uh, talent and how they've all kind of exploded Mm -hmm. in like the last kind of decade but yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know army hammer we only get a tiny bit of him in this scene but yeah just a wonderful and also i think the thing is you know max minghella has the hard job to kind of um you know like every take that army hammer was having to do twice he was you know max minghella was having to do it twice (laughs) with him because you know a lot of the times when they're in scenes together he's kind of having to act against them um and so Mm -hmm. you know i think he does a good job kind of acquitting himself um you know it's hard to kind of stand out against you know army hammer because obviously he is so kind of like charming and divian Narendra is deliberately not charming he's kind of like weaselly and (laughs) you know so i i think max mingela kind of had the harder part in the in the scenes even though you know obviously army hammer's doing everything twice um you know but and i think he kind of acquits himself quite well uh you know the the whole brown face thing notwithstanding um you know which i've talked about previously like um Max Minghella is not in the slightest anywhere near the same race as the character that he's playing in this film um and the fact that they darken his skin is kind of one of the probably the only thing in this film that i you know like when it happens i'm like mm, there probably was a better way for them to do this but you know they wanted Max Minghella and so that's what they had to do uh, i don't think they would do wow. that if the film was done today uh, yeah it's a surprise to a lot of people to find out that Max Minghella is not you know he's Italian, and basically he's he's like he's Italian English, and uh you know, the, the character he's playing is very much you know fully Indian. Oh,
1: that's what that. Is. Okay, no, I I I knew he was Italian. I just assumed like some some Italians have like darker olive skin, and I thought that was what was going on. Uh, uh, I didn't realize he was. I didn't realize he was playing an Indian <laughs> character. That's uh yeah yikes yeah <laughs>
0: yikes i mean the thing is it doesn't hurt the film a huge amount but it is one of those things where you're like 11 years later i don't think they would have even considered this you know they would have cast dev patel and be done with it. Yeah. You know, they, Yikes. They wouldn't have tried. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I feel like we said about as much as we possibly can about these minutes this week, uh, unless there's anything yes. else you think that needs to be brought up. I don't know if there's anything that you want to say about the film before we finish it one last time.
1: No, I don't think so. I think I've, I've said everything that I really uh, need to say about it. Um, I just, I really want uh, Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher to work together again.
0: That'd be great to get, even if we um, don't get it straight away. Just at some point before either of them finish, let's just... Let's have them come back together and collaborate one more time, you know? Uh, yeah. You know,
1: uh, hopefully not on social network 2. I don't actually <laughs> want that
0: movie. Well, uh, l- at least it definitely won't be on world war Z two. Uh, now that David Fincher no. stepped aside from that thing. So thank yeah, God. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> so,
1: last, the last thing we need is more zombie media. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that David Fincher would direct it in a way that we basically never see the zombies, but, uh, even then it's like well what's the point you know like i i I don't don't know what david fincher could bring to that aside from the fact that he's good friends with brad pitt like that you know there's a point where you have to say to your friends i'm sorry i'm not going to direct your sequel to a moderately successful zombie movie Uh, right you know (laughs) <laughs> um so I don't know that I can sell bumper stickers with that on, but you know, I feel like someone's gonna get that message out there at some point. Uh so well now that we're done for the week, then let's go to plugs one last time. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Scott? Uh
1: yeah, I mean I'll just I'll just plug uh my website again, duelinggenre.com, uh and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Corelli. Uh I'm also on the Facebook Uh, and uh, the Instagram uh, and all of the other uh, social media things. And I'm just Scott Corelli on everything. So um, I'm easy to find. And it's why I don't delete any of my social media, as uh, you (laughs) mentioned earlier in the week, because I just have my name on everything. So uh, go check out uh, all that stuff and, and follow me there to see what I'll be doing in the future.
0: Thanks. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minutes or of course on Facebook and at the social minute podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here this I week, Scott. Absolutely. Anytime. And I will see you next week. I'll be there and I swear like the shadow that's by your side I'll be there for better do us part, I'll love you with everything.